Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 158, Fertile Awareness. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there. Wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. Thank you for letting me into your lives. It's good to be back with you, especially on this new moon in Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, the lover of life. And for me, that's what Libra is about. It's about fairness and harmony and love of life and relationships. It's about how do we find that beautiful flow of energy that happens in relationships, whether that's with our body, with nature, with our soul, highest kingdoms, or with other people, the land, animals. So this is a time for remembering that richness of what is, I would like to say, is a fertile relationship. What does fertility mean? Yes, it's about through that fertility we develop creativity, something new. And when the land is not fertile or when my mind is not fertile, nothing happens. But fertility is often the coming together of two different energies. And those two different energies create a sort of fire of friction that lights us up. And that fertilization happens when two different energies, maybe it's Mother Earth, Father Sky, maybe it's the spark of inspiration reaches into the consciousness of potential. And all of that comes together. So when we are in a good creative conversation, we feel fertilized. And something new grows out of that. And when we're in a relationship that isn't fertilizing us or making us feel excited, then it's barren ground, isn't it? You come away and you think, what happened? Why did I do that? (laughs) And I wanted to really break down the ideas of what's happening to the fertility of our land, of humanity, of our souls, of our spirit. Is there this constructive creativity happening or is it a destructive creativity that can never actually build anything new and has actually lost the foundations of fertility, lost the foundations of creativity. We are seeing far less fertility amongst people for various reasons and those various reasons are now causing alarm. We're seeing Many civilizations now having more people who are dying than being born. For various reasons, we are having less babies. And I won't want to go into all the different reasons. Some of those are because of the chemicals we're using. Some of those are because of the nanotechnology that we're using. But it's changing. It may be even just culturally that we're making decisions not to have children. But if we're correct about this, without children, there is no survival. Let's just be honest. (laughs) This is not a matter of this would be a nice opportunity to have some children. Actually, without children, nothing survives. But I wanted to take us to a much deeper level, which was the understanding of it's not just the birth of children, but it's the ability to produce from our land, to produce crops, to produce food. And that's the very basic instincts and needs. 
And I was reminded of this this morning where I went into my kitchen and I filled my electric kettle with water and I turned on the electricity. And I put my bread in the toaster and made toast and and I added milk to my cup of tea. And I went out and went into my garden and just looked at my trees and was so surprised to see how my trees were starting to turn into the autumn colors, beautiful golds and reds. And I thought, wow, nothing's really changed. Our weather is much the same. Our heat is the same. We haven't had more or less rain. But the tide of creativity was already turning in these trees. Nature knew this was the autumn. Nature knew this was the fall. And that's an amazing experience. And I'm not a farmer or particularly a gardener, but to understand how rich this knowledge is within animals, within trees, within water, within rocks, that there are seasons to everything. And that when we're in tune with those seasons, we, we can truly know when is the best time to plant, when is the best time to harvest, when is the best time to sleep, when is the best time to be awake. But that we in our 24-7 worlds have often forgotten the importance of those rhythms, the importance of those seasons. Now, many traditions do still remember what we might call religious holidays or festivals. They celebrate those times, the Celtic traditions, the, the, the Christian or the, the Jewish. All of us have those traditions, but sometimes we've forgotten where they originated from. We think it's just a time to get together with family or maybe it's a time to give presents or to eat. But what we're really doing is giving thanks to the land. We're giving thanks to the very energy source or the creative source, the land, mother nature. And we got lost in the fact, wow, I ate so much or I maybe drank so much. But we forget why we're being given the privilege of being able to eat or drink. And I thought that this morning. I just assumed that my tap, by turning on my tap, I could have water. I just assumed that switching on my electricity, there would be a heated kettle. What if none of that actually could be assumed? What if we took nothing for granted? And I listen to people talk about the way in which they want to live their life, perhaps in a more sustainable way, but uh, I heard someone speak about, well, I'm getting an electric car to save the planet. And I thought, well, the very name electric car must make you question, where's the electricity coming from? Unless this car is being actually supported and run just purely by Earth energy. At the moment, we're still caught up in making electricity and storing electricity and a source of electricity. And many of the so-called more natural sources of electricity cannot be stored. They cannot be sustained. The wind might not flow or the sun might not shine. So we're not in that place where we really have understood the mechanism of fertility, the mechanism of this flow of energy. And I think that many of our ancient cultures knew it and then forgot it. 
So what I started to look back at is these ancient cultures, because that's what I'm fascinated by, because I believe our ancient ancestors were leaving us messages of things we need to know now. And it reminded me of, first of all, the ancient, ancient Maya. The people that are called the Maya, those that the word comes from illusion, those that I believe thousands and thousands of years ago, what I've come to understand created different time locks in the earth. Now you may not, you may say, what's she talking about? But I believe that this beautiful consciousness that we call Gaia, it's not just this solid earth, but this earth we are living on is this creative being of many layers of, of different consciousness. And that the Maya understood these timing systems, these tides I'm talking about. In other words, that when humanity reaches a certain consciousness, different doors will open. That's my easiest way of saying it. And I think we've all seen that happen. So the Maya for my meant, my idea, were the ones who actually understood how to layer consciousness and to, oh, one could say, only allow consciousness and creativity to appear when the level of humanity's consciousness resonated at a higher level. And that's where we are now. Humanity is resonating at a higher level. So more and more things are being revealed. They're not being discovered in the way of like, wow, I've got a new idea. I think the discovery is they were already there, but we can only see at the level of our consciousness. And when our consciousness changes, we see more or we so-called discover more. Understood? Okay. This resonates very much with what I call the holographic world. So the holograph is just not one layer. It's again saying, I can only see aspects of the hologram, this multi-layered, multi-dimensioned world when I change my consciousness. So as at this moment in time, I truly believe that there is an awakening. Uh, we are seeing more, we are knowing more. More and more things are being discovered. More and more of our past is being opened to us. And to me, it was the ancient Maya who basically set all this in motion so that at certain times in our history, if we reach that level of consciousness, things will be so-called discovered. All right? Well, I hope that gives you hope because this is not, even though at this moment there's a lot of tension and fear, this is a very small aspect of humanity's existence here on this planet. We've certainly been around here hundreds of thousands of years. And if you believe in reincarnation, you've been back here a few times, even though you don't want to come back again. This isn't new. So we've been through times like this before. So please don't lose heart. The great Roman Empire thought it would never fall. It did. So wherever big someone wants to build their empire, it will always implode if it's not in harmony with Gaia, with the consciousness of the earth. So if mankind or humanity decides to take a sidetrack and ignore these rhythms of Mother Earth, ignore these tides of life, ignore the seasons, then eventually the fertility will collapse. And that's what's happening at this moment. 
I hope I'm making this clear. When we lose trust or lose contact with the natural rhythms, with the rhythms of the sun, the rhythms of the moon, the rhythms of the stars, the rhythms of the earth, and when we believe that we don't have to flow with these seasons, with these tides, there is no juice that goes into the fertility. There is nothing that can create something anew. And it's like building a building higher and higher away from the earth. The higher you get, the less contact you have, and eventually your building will collapse. And I can see that happening, and that's what happened to the Roman Empire. They didn't value the importance of the elements, the natural elements that actually came together to create a creative and fertile existence. All right? Now, one of those aspects is fire. And boy, do we take for granted fire. Many of you may have learned how to make fire when you were younger. But again, I can switch a switch. I can turn on a light. And I imagine there are a lot of youngsters who have no idea how to make fire if it doesn't come out of some, some gas pipe or whatever. And there was a time in the Roman Empire and in other places, but mainly in the Roman Empire, they had what they called the Vestal Virgins. You may have come across those. And these Vestal Virgins, somewhere between six and nine of them, were told that the one thing they had to do was to keep alight the eternal fire. A very similar thing happened in Ireland. But the Vestal Virgins, they were not virgins as in not married or not having sex. It was that these women were really living the meaning of the word virgin, which is to com be complete unto yourself without the need of another to make you whole. So these Vestal Virgins were complete. They, again, they were chosen because of their fullness of their energy. And because of their fullness of their energy, they were given this special role because they were the ones who could keep fertilizing the fires and keeping them alight. And they were real fires. And then there came a time in the Roman Empire, they said, oh, for goodness sake, we're wasting time on these Vestal Virgins. Let them, you know, get rid of these women. And the fires went out. And guess what? The Roman Empire fell. And then I go back in history and I go back to this time of the Mayan, the, the later Maya in AD. And they had some of the traditions from the Olmecs, who were an earlier group. And they had learned some things that I'm going to share with you. But, you know, it was like, oh, these are these old fashioned people, you know, these pagans, these, oh, they've got such old fashioned ideas. I'm sure many of us have thought that towards our own parents or grandparents. And yet, we, yet now we see the value of them. And the Maya came in and they had more of a tendency to just slash and burn their, their crops. They, they, they thought, oh, why do we have to save some land and make that land fertile before we put more seeds on it? Let's just burn it and put more seeds on. Well, this is what we're doing now. We've devastated the topsoil. We've devastated it with pesticides and turning it over far too much and burning it instead of allowing it to recover and fertilize itself again. We've taken out all the insects. We've killed them off with pesticides. So now we have nothing pollinating the, the natural small plants or the, 
or the mushrooms or the fungi in the earth. And there came a time where the Maya did appreciate that maybe their ancestors, the Olmecs, knew something. And again, I'll come back to that. But they also grew so big as an empire, they too forgot their importance of honoring the water, honoring the fire, honoring the earth, honoring the air, honoring the seasons. And what you learn about, which was from about 12,000 AD, excuse me, 1200 AD, they started to realize their water was running out. Their land was becoming dry. Their land wasn't fertile. And you see this period of time where they became more and more fractious and, and scared, and they practiced more and more sacrifices. And they started to believe that blood held the fertility. Initially, they were using menstrual blood because they understood that the power of the period, the moon time, this menstrual blood had within it something that allowed fertility, allowed birth. So they would literally drink menstrual blood. And then when there wasn't enough of that, they started to actually bloodlet, take blood from various places, offering blood to the gods. Because the gods weren't particularly interested in their blood. They were interested in how much can you reconnect to the earth? And around this time, the god of water started to dry out. There wasn't enough water. And I always wondered why it was a god of water, because water has always been the medicine of women. It should never have been in the hands of a god. It should have been in the hands of a goddess. And finally, they started to do sacrifices and used to take people, either uh, disembowel them, take out their bowels, or they would take them up a high pyramid rip their heart out and throw them down into the into the courtyard below because they believed the heart was this fertile energy, this pumping energy, and they would offer the hearts. So I have to say some of you who may have past life memories of being thrown off a pyramid or have fear of heights or maybe having your heart ripped out, you may well have had past lives in the Maya culture because nothing worked. How could it? Because they'd lost the idea that the importance wasn't offering a heart or offering a, a blood. It was actually bringing yourself back, back in tune with nature. And that is, is what I'm seeing at the moment. We're isolating ourselves. We're creating AI. We're creating situations where we think we can grow crops inside a laboratory or children inside a laboratory. We don't need anything else. And what do we need? We need the warmth of Mother Earth. We need the creativity, the compassion. All of those things cannot be bought or made in a laboratory. There is something magical about that magnetic energy, that electrical force that both water and fire and earth and air coming together create. And I feel that we are also on a track like the Maya, like the greys I've talked about before, this group of highly evolved humanoid beings who thought they could just genetically engineer out emotions and problems that humans might have, and let's just make them emotionless and then we can just get on. And their whole civilization died because by taking away emotions of their fire water, they took away the power of fertility and creativity. And so here we are. So what do I talk about? What did the Olmecs know? What did many of these civilizations know? 
Well, when they have been studied, they understood, first of all, that there is this amazing dragon energy, telluric energy, serpent energy, whatever you want to call it, flowing through the earth. The earth has her own strong inner core of heat and creativity. And that when you, there are certain times in the day when this magnetic energy will come to the surface. And one of those times is at dawn. And that's because when the sun's rays start to uh, come into our planet, they start to squeeze that magnetic field of Mother Earth, and this energy is sent to the surface. And that when this magnetic energy is brought to the surface, it can be enhanced or formed into an electric current by flowing water. So flowing water near a strong telluric energy, a strong source of telluric energy, such as a fault line or where there's been a volcano, means that you start to build this electric current. And then the rocks from a volcano, such as bolsite, which contains a lot of magnetite, actually draws that energy in so it brings higher levels. And then all you need to then do is have other stones around, such as uh, iron or copper, and it will conduct that energy away. Or water that has pebbles of iron and copper will actually help to move that energy. So what am I saying? There is a pure energy within the earth that we can tap into that's an eternal energy. This is what Tesla knew. When that energy is funneled, especially heightened at the beginning of the day when the sun's rays are coming onto the earth, if, if there's water flowing, then there will be an electric current. That electric current then works with the magnets within uh, rocks such as volcanic rock, and that that produces now another movement in electromagnetic field, which then spreads that current around the earth. And so you see that many of the, the ancient people understood that when they brought their crops, their seeds, to this such a place of volcanic experience, their seeds multiplied because it was the right balance between the electric magnetic fields. I'll make it as simple as that. And they actually, the Maya actually called these fields, they called these mountains and these temples they built actually maize mountains. They knew that if they placed their seeds on top of these temples that they built, which were mirroring a volcano, that they would then enhance their seed formation or their seed gen, uh, germination. And this only occurred when after a really bad farming had occurred within such civilizations, and this happened all across the world, where they had, as I say, destroyed the land, they created deforestation, and it was then that they said, okay, let's go back to the origins and find out how our ancestors managed to create enough food for their people. And they did this for a while until, as I say, their egos got the better of them and they said, oh, we're not going to mess around with that potty, you know, that stupid stuff around temples. We'll know we'll have enough food. And once they left that beautiful electromagnetic energy, then their civilization died. So across the world, there are civilizations who knew how to have a good relationship with the earth energies, with the stones, with the sun at a certain time, 
with the earth, with the air and, and water and knew that when all of these are in right combination, we will have fertility. But when we lose contact with that and we really uh, see these, these ideas as nonsensical, then our civilization falls. So what am I saying for us? I'm saying is today, let's get back in tune with our understanding of nature. Let's get back in tune. If you live anywhere near a fault line, if you live anywhere near where there is magnetic energy, understand there's a strengthening of energy when you're near there. We might see it when we, we go to somewhere like the pyramids or temples in, 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 in the Yucatan, but it's everywhere in the world. And I would only say having running water somewhere in your backyard, in your garden, finding sources of volcanic soil, which I've managed to do, which are available, planting that on your garden, recognizing that when you go out into nature in the morning when the sun is just coming up, that this is a very rich time for your magnetite, your magnetic field, which is in your sinuses, in your pineal gland, as I talked about last time. So that there are times where we can bring energy up through our feet. And as you know, what I really want to say is, if you manage to get out near the dawn, root yourself, do you remember, send your roots down into the earth, imagine you have magnets on the soles of your feet, Allow your roots to go as deeply into this telluric energy, these dragon lines. Draw that dragon energy up at sunrise. Bring it up and regenerate your own body. Fertilize your own body with this new energy. Bring it up to every cell of your body, every chakra, every meridian, wherever you want to take it. And then, as I say, when you bring it up into your sinuses, into your pineal gland, open yourself up to the relationship with your higher self and your higher mind and allow yourself to shine in this fertile relationship between the earth and the sky, between mother earth, father sky, whatever you want to call it. But this fertility needs to happen between myself and the world around me, between myself and you. Fertility is the joy of creating. It comes about by, cre by compassion, by enjoyment and by allowing ourselves to be flexible and born anew every moment of the day. I hope this has inspired you. We need every piece of fertility happening at this time. It's time for us to move beyond the artificial into the natural and organic way we were born to be. Until next time. Many blessings. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. And please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel, on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.